Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Brooke McCormick, Assistant Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we're talking with Dr. Wando Olaiola, Candy Manganya, and Dr. Barakat Kindo, the lead author, research and project lead, and data scientist of a study published in the February 2024 issue. Their study, Screening for Health Literacy, Social Determinants, and Discrimination in Health Plans, provides insight on the experiences of patients of a national health plan with two structural determinants of health and how those interact with social determinants of health and patient demographics. Welcome. Can you each introduce yourselves and tell us about the work that you do? My name is Dr. Wando Olaiwala. I I am the Chief Health Equity Officer and Senior Vice President at Humana, and I lead the Health Equity and Social Impact Team, which is responsible for integrating the Health Equity Lens into all the work we do across our different business lines. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Candy Magania, and I'm the Director of Innovation Solutions and Transformation on the Health Equity and Social Impact Team at Humana. And so what this translates into is my team really builds out health equity capacity for Humana's employees. We do a lot of different types of things, ranging from developing resources to hosting educational programming, and then in this particular case, running feasibility and quality improvement pilots. My name is Barakat Kinto. I'm a lead data scientist at Humana. Uh, My role involves providing data science and statistical services to operation units, uh, mainly the consumer and provider solutions and services department at Humana. Uh, my data-related uh, work spans, you know, different aspects of the operation of data and uh, analytics, such as, you know, designing experiments, um, statistical formulation problems, uh, preparing data, doing analysis, uh, development of machine learning models, and things like that. So uh, I'm very excited to, to be here and uh, uh, talking about our work. What was the objective of your study, and why did you decide to investigate this? So, you know, we were very interested in understanding a little bit more deeply um, some of the other factors that affect people from backgrounds that have been disadvantaged historically. Um, in our in our health ec- equity work, we know that there are lots of different factors that contribute to health disparities, which you know, which are differences in outcomes that people have based on some some attribute of their their being, their you know, racial and ethnic background, their economic, environmental, educational, social circumstances. And we wanted to really understand um, not only what are some of the other drivers of those disparities, but also potential places that a large health plan could make solutions. So we were really interested in this um, emerging literature around the impact of health literacy and uh, and uh, on, on kind of the way people receive and experience care, and also interested in what we have heard, you know, more and more in the literature, but largely in the kind of clinical delivery space around people's reactions to their feelings around being discriminated against, and if that has an impact on the decisions that they make in healthcare, how they feel like they're treated, um, and their adherence to healthcare-related um, recommendations. So as we look to try to understand, you know, what do health plans do in regards to screening for these two things, uh, these two, uh, what we call structural determinants of health, health literacy and perceived healthcare discrimination. We couldn't find much in the literature about that, that sort of screening being done in the health plan setting. 
And so we decided that it would be really, really interesting for us to one kind of figure out is that kind of screening not being done because it's not possible. Um, and to understand the feasibility of bringing those sorts of screenings to the health plan, um, health plan members and to uh, being able to create some actionable solutions around that. Can you discuss the main findings? Did any of these surprise you? Um, Dr. O just, you know, mentioned some of the main findings here, which is, you know, collection of uh, data, like collection curation and analysis of data plays a, a big part or integral part in health equity. I said, you know, integral in evaluation of fairness and also uh, outcome of, you know, health, health plan activities. So the main finding is that it is possible, it is possible and it is feasible to screen patients for social and structural determinants of health, like health literacy and perceived healthcare discrimination. We find that uh, health literacy can be screened with a simple, you know, one item validated questionnaire. And, you know, what better time to get these key data elements uh, you know, that, that and during enrollment, the earliest interaction of patients with with their health plan. And that's uh, exactly what we've done. And this early information can lay a, a, a really good foundation for future health equity effort uh, with, with, the, with the patients. So delving a little bit deeper, uh, we've, with the, to mention a few stats here, we find that, you know, about one in five of the, the screen patients uh, in our sample reported low or limited health literacy, while, you know, fewer, about 2% reported perceived healthcare discrimination, it's, uh, we point out that, you know, nearly all of the, all of those patients who reported uh, feeling perceived, uh, feeling healthcare discrimination were Black, Black patients. Um, uh, delving a little bit more deeper again into the, uh, the correlation between some factors and health literacy, which, which we've delved into in the paper, uh, patients who reported, um, low or limited health literacy were more likely to be black, low income, and reported loneliness or social isolation and food insecurity. Thanks for um, you know, going over the, the main findings, Bearcat. And um, you know, going back to Brooke, your question about whether or not anything surprised us and, and me in particular, hmm. I don't think I was surprised, but more so intrigued and really um it made me put on my, you know, exploration hat. Like what like what stood out and maybe what we could explore further. So, you know, just going back to what Barrett said about like um, about um, 20% of the screen patients actually uh, screen positive for low or limited health literacy. And so in my mind, I was just making the correlation that, you know, in, in some of the, um, the current estimates for uh, U.S. adults, it's about a third of U.S. adults that actually have some difficulty understanding and reading health information. So that, that tracked, but it, was, it also it was like, okay, we have more work to do. And then regarding the um, more work to do as an industry per se, and regarding the perceived healthcare discrimination question, what really stood out to me was that I really wanted to dig in more to understand why those patients that got screened for perceived healthcare discrimination actually declined to answer the question. And then um, from like an operational perspective, as somebody who ran the pilot with my team, I wanted to know more about why five per, um, why the concierge agents weren't asking the screening question to about the, the 5% of patients that we, we, um, we, we had the data for. Going off of that, why do you think the perceived healthcare discrimination question had a lower response rate? 
Also, why do you think some concierge advocates felt uncomfortable asking it? I'm going to chime in just one more time, just because I think this is a nice segue from um, just what I was talking about earlier. And I think these were some of the exact same questions that, um, you know, my, my team, I were, um, were actually having some dialogue on. And I think one of the, the key things that I want to point out here is I think that um, I personally think that just perceived healthcare discrimination or just discrimination as a whole is a really tough topic to talk about. And um, I can imagine asking about. And so um, just going back to like, you know, the patient perspective, one idea that um, we we started to think about was, um, could there be, you know, was there rapport missing between um, between the concierge advocates and the patients, right? And starting this type of conversation. So, um, you know, uh, the concierge advocates, um, you know, go through this onboarding process of, of those patients. And did we just need more time? And so would it, would it be different from somebody like a care manager or a primary care physician asking the question? Um, because again, this was like a telephonic interaction. And then the other thing I wanted to point out was, um, you know, could, could we just um, minimize any like discomfort by asking the question digitally? And I, I think those are just some things we, uh, we were starting to look at. Um, and I think from the concierge perspective, um, when we really digged into following up with those that didn't ask the question, they just noted that there was there was some discomfort in asking the question. And it was more so, you know, anticipating not being able to explain the question since we were using validated questions. We were really asking um, those agents to or those advocates to um, to read the question as is. And then um, I, I think the, the concierge advocates also noted that um, they, they were sometimes anticipating how the, um, the patients would actually react to the screening questions. We're still learning around this, the feasibility of this. And that's, that's why I think this is a really important type of feasibility study, because until you actually try to do these things in real time with, with real people, uh, your, your, your thoughts around um, how this might work are still very much kind of theoretical. So I, I think it's really great that even though we 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 did not necessarily get the response rate uh, that we would have liked for for that second question on perceived healthcare discrimination, I think those learnings to Candy's point are really really important because then it allows you to unpack kind of what further might be in the way when you're doing something like a feasibility study. How can health plans use screenings like this to understand patient barriers and promote health equity? You know, I I think that. Uh, health plans are really uniquely positioned in terms of where we sit in, in the healthcare ecosystem, because um, for, for Humana in particular, we are both uh, a, we both insure care and we're, we, we're, as everyone knows we are, we're a very large uh, health insurance company with uh, patients who uh, receive Medicare Advantage, uh, Medicaid, TRICARE, um, you know, military health insurance. So we, we are, an insurer of care, uh, but we are also very much and increasingly a provider of care. And so what lots of people don't realize is that we also have this this um, rapidly growing uh, part of our, our organization, which is our care delivery side with primary care, home health care, and pharmacy. And uh, in in that care delivery environment, uh, which is, which is um, branded under, under the name Centerwell, uh, we have lots of opportunity to learn about what happens kind of in the day-to-day interaction with our with our patients um and and our and our members. So being both a provider and insurer of care gives us a really unique way of understanding 
uh, our our members in really meaningful ways. From those early touch points, a lot of a lot of times the health plan is the first um, the first contact that someone might have once they get their new insurance card. That's how they might they may, their first outreach might be to the plan to know you know what are my benefits, what what what's covered, what's not, who are the providers I can see, where can I go for care. So a lot of times you have access to to people that kind of that first touch point. Um, but also being on the pr provider side, there are also many other touch points where you have you have the opportunity to connect with people. So being able to understand people really holistically uh, and what barriers might be in the way of of their care is is so important. And given that you have so many different places where you interact with members, being able to leverage screenings like this and and other ones that we do like around social determinants of health and and social needs of our members just gives you so much more of um, an opportunity to care for them in a really uh, holistic way. And so that's why I think it's it's, it's very important to ask the questions. If, if you don't ask, you really will not know. And I think we, you can make a lot of assumptions about uh, the demographics of your your patients and your, your membership. Uh, but until you ask certain questions, you really don't know what you might be dealing with. So it just informs us and allows us to be better, again, insurers of care and better uh, providers of care. Based on your findings, what areas would you recommend for further research? Uh, I, you know, I think there's a lot for us to still understand about what um, when we the you know the nearly one fifth of our of our members reporting limited or low health literacy. Understanding a little bit more about that. Uh, certainly, the screening questions give you really good uh, quantitative data, which allows you to understand. You know, do they have lower limited health literacy or not? And that's that's very useful. But I think more qualitative exploration to understand once that question is answered, what were people actually, um, what was on their mind as they were answering it is is really important. And and really digging into more qualitatively, what does limited low health literacy mean? Because that could mean a lot of things. Sometimes that can mean uh, health insurance literacy, maybe not really understanding benefits or plan design or things like that. It could it could mean uh, low or limited literacy around a particular chronic illness. And, and that could be, you know, the thing that the person is reporting. It could be something more like, you know, I can't understand how to re read these prescriptions that I get. And so understanding more qualitatively what those other things are and what what the dimensions of low, lower limited health literacy are is really, really important because then that's how you can inform your solution. So if you think about it, if, if someone is reporting lower limited health literacy and that's really because they do not understand uh, the complexity of their benefits package and what that might require, then the solution is is very different than if it's, you know, I don't understand how, how to read a, a pill bottle, right, for my medications. And so trying to unpack that much more um, is, is really important so that we can design the right the right solutions uh, for that. And then, you know, to the other the other question around the perceived healthcare discrimination, I also to to the point that you know my my colleagues made. I'd also really love to understand a lot more about you know why why that was what was uncomfortable for for folks. And to to Candy's point, are there other ways and other modalities in which you could introduce that sort of question to really get get um, get at you know what people are truly feeling, and then design you know interventions, responses, solutions around that. But the good thing is that we are um, we are doing a lot of that kind of second level, um, you know, double click, uh, click down on some of the work we are, uh, we have really thought about, you know, different ways to, to advance the screening, you know, having the the kind of high touch concierge advocate approach in which folks were 
uh, asking these questions directly uh, to the members in this in this early phase of their enrollment at Humana was was certainly very fascinating, but but labor intensive and something that could be could be hard to replicate um, if you don't have those those sort of touch points. Um, so we we transitioned some of that screening to a digital onboarding screening um, for the health literacy question and allowed people to do that as they were onboarding in a digital format. We've also been working, and Candy can can speak more to this, on uh, training lots of our different associates on um, on how to ask the question and, and where to ask the question and what to do if they if they uncover lower limited health literacy. So we have we've actually taken some of the the learnings to to this next phase. You know, just going beyond research, just really looking at how we continue to essentially upskill um, upskill both the patient and also the um, the you know. Uh, uh, health plan or uh, health plan employees like concierge advocates to really feel more comfortable. What, tra what training do they need? Do they need, you know, according to adult learning theory, like what types of practice, how many um, run throughs might they want to do? And uh, really just building the confidence of those that are um, interfacing with our, with the patients on an, on an everyday um, level. To learn more about health equity, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, you can email info at AJMC.com or follow us on X at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.